Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Talk about catchy book titles. Why am I bringing up a book from my childhood? Well, stick around to find out. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. Fall sports season is right around the corner. Are you ready? TeamSnap is connecting the world of youth sports by providing solutions for coaches, administrators, and brands. TeamSnap for Teams offers coaches and team managers a top-tier youth sports management app to help you focus less on team management and more on coaching while TeamSnap for Business gives administrators the most complete youth sports management platform to run their clubs. And for brands looking to make noise in the youth sports marketing space, TeamSnap for Brands can help marketers reach parents on the field, at home, or on the go. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com winning for more information. Let me be very clear. I did not read the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, but I do remember from childhood, and I thought of it after talking with recruiting expert Don Williams. It was fascinating to hear Don really, really break down the difference in recruiting for women and men's soccer. And who would know better than him? In the third and final part of our conversation, Don provides great insights into recruiting for women's and men's soccer, his message for athletes, and of course, his message for parents out there. Hint, he wants you all to chill out. Let's get to it. Tell me the difference and tell the audience the difference between men's and women's soccer recruiting. I heard you sort of talk a little bit about that in a, in a different podcast episode, but I'd just be curious because there is a distinct difference, right, Coach? Well, there has to be because the, the women's professional game around the world, we've got a girl that just went out on contract in Iceland, thinks she's making like 40 grand a year, plus a car, plus a house. You go, that's really nice. That's great. Uh, one of the girls, Marcia Silva, who coached for me, by the way, woman that coached men's soccer in college, one of the few in the country, I hired her anyhow. She make an 80 grand a year plus a house plus it. That's fine. But what are you going to do after the year when the 80 grand's over? You're not making a $5 million contract. There's no saving money. You're just living, right? Yeah. It's, you're just living. So women's soccer, most of men's soccer, but especially here in the United States, in fact, most of the world, if you're in the lower levels, you're not making a living. Not really. It's pay to play. You go and work so that you can have money so that you can play the game you want to play, but there's not enough money coming out of it. So Basically, on the women's side, especially college soccer is probably the pinnacle of most college players anyways. But we understand on the women's side that the financial rewards coming out on the other side professionally are going to be limited worldwide. It all kind of starts a little earlier. They mature a little earlier. I remember training my 11-year-olds against 13-year-old girls, and the boys were just getting their heads handed to them. They couldn't keep up with the girls. They had already hit that maturity level and that puberty, and they were just flying at 30. Boys aren't going to have that happen. Some, it's not even until 20, right? Men mm. can keep growing till 22, typically. And they do keep going till 18, 19, typically. 
So we don't know what a boy's can end up like. We kind of know what a girl's going to end up like. So I think Anson gets blamed for starting this, recruiting 13 years old Anson Dorrance. And so the NCAA a few years ago came out with rules that kind of put some kibosh to that, that we can't talk to them now until they're June 15th of the sophomore going into their junior year. So that, you know, girls are being actively recruited at those ages. Now, boys... Uh, we're still waiting to see what they turn into. They're 15. I don't know. Hasn't even hit his second growth spurt yet. The kid's good. The kid's dad's this and the kid's uncle's this and the kid's mom's this and the kid's 5'9". We think he's going to be 6'3". We don't know. We're just kind of waiting. And then every once in a while, you see that physical phenom at 13 who's got hair on their chest. Troy, my buddy Troy Dyack was like that. Didn't know him at 13, but they say he had hair on his chest at 13 and looked <laughs> like a man, beard, full girl, filter. He looks exactly the same. And he's the same height now that he was at 14. But, it, you know, it carried him into the Olympics and it carried him into the San Jose earthquakes. So it's that maturity thing. We don't know when the boys hit it. We don't know. Look, strength matters in soccer. It's a strength sport. Go shoulder to shoulder with a guy that's six foot three, 220 pounds, and he comes cleaning and hard into you. And then tell me that it doesn't matter that you hit the weights. It does. Tell me that it doesn't matter when you go up for a header in the box. And I watched a pro last week, and I can't remember what game it was. I think it was the Arsenal game. Anyhow, one of the defenders, and they, they kind of ducked. He knew he was going to get clean. He kind of ducked. He's scared. Scared of getting hurt. So... All of that stuff, we need to see where that goes on the guy's side. Then we have the international piece that's becoming prominent in the American game. Right now, and NCAA tells us it's 35% of the boys and 12% of the girls. The girls from overseas aren't coming into the United States because they're physically dominating our women. They're coming into the United States because they tactically dominate our women. They've grown up loving soccer. And I've recruited Swedish girls, Australian girls, English girls. I've had girls, Scottish girls, Ghana girls. And I will tell you, they are more obsessed with soccer than, our, than any American girls that I've ever coached. I'll go ahead and say that much. They're just more obsessed about it. We're on the boys' side. The boys from overseas are more obsessed with soccer than 50% of our boys. A good majority, but not as big of a percentage as they are on the girls' side. So we've got that piece that's coming into it, and it's really affecting the guys' side because we have kids that are coming out of, you know, Bolton Wanderers Youth Academy, Ipswich Youth Academy, Man United Youth Academy, the kids that have been in trials with some of the biggest clubs in the world. I've got two players I represent that played in the Youth Bundesliga. Three. We have three that we represent that play in the Youth Bundesliga that are playing with the reserve teams and in and out. They're, ooh, they're close. Not quite going to make it, but they're really close. Hmm. Those kids generally are truly, honestly better than even our best American players that are not on a pro contract with the pro club. So our kids uh, getting released coach. from pro academies versus those kids getting released from pro academies. Coaches want those kids, not yeah. our kids, like they are MLS Youth Academy kids. So that's what they're waiting for on the guy's side. In fact, we've got a big release, you know, right now, March, this is it. This is when contracts get picked up or don't get picked up in Europe. There are coaches traveling over there right now, teams over there right now that are watching, that are paying attention, that are talking to clubs. Who's going to get released? What's going on? Can I see that kid? I've got something because those kids will come to school for free if they've got the grades, if it lines up. So timing, we don't have that as much nearly going on on the women's side as we do on the men's side. At the Power 5 levels, the women are generally still American players. Power 5 level, it's changing over so that more and more teams are being dominated by Indiana. I understand, insider source, 
I think is going to take their first international this year. You know, they've never taken internationals that's by conscious insight, effort. So, yeah, so it's slowly changing. It's slowly changing. And it does affect the timeline, Sean, of when the kids get recruited. So the guys is much later for all those reasons that I stated. And the girls now can be earlier and is. And it's really sad because a lot of girls that I'm talking to, even our clients we deal with, I just want this over with. That's they sad. aren't even enjoying the process. They mm. don't, they're not enjoying the tryout process. They're not enjoying the camp process. They're not enjoying the tournament process. Every game is a pressure cooker. Who's here? They're looking over their shoulders. They're playing to get recruited. They aren't playing just because they dig the game. They're playing to get recruited. They're going to school to get recruited. I mean, practice to get recruited. They're playing on these teams to get recruited, not just because they just like, oh, dang, I get to go to soccer today. That's so cool. Going to soccer. And then whatever happens, happens. I'm not saying they shouldn't get exposure. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that internal motivation, I think, is maybe a little broken. All right, coach, I have to ask this question. I let my son know, you know, because he's got ambitions to, you know, to play soccer, obviously beyond high school. And I said, what would you want to ask coach Don? And he said, this is directly from Elijah. He said, what should a player do to stand out to coaches and scouts? Not a bad question. That's a great question. Elijah, you go out and you score two bicycle kicks and three diving headers. They will pay attention to you. (laughs) <laughs> now you do that three, four, five games in a row. They will be talking about you, world. of You will become an internet. Do, do, do phones everywhere, Elijah. <laughs> be a better player than everybody else. You will stand out. That's the simple question. That's a simple answer to the question. It's as simple as I can make it. Now, if you're an average athlete and you're an average player, how do you make yourself stand out amongst all of the other average athletes and average players? That's almost a different question. That's almost a different question. And it's by far more complicated question. Yeah. It's it's something that I always talk about. I'm a big, big believer in consistency, right? And it's not about scoring that one spectacular kick one time, right? It's about being able to do 10 times consistently. And then 20. And then at the level you covered in the NFL, it's like, what do you do do for me lately? You go to your wide receiver and you go two games in a row without scoring a touchdown. They're going to start to question you. And as a quarterback, you go two games in a row without throwing a touchdown. They're going to start to question whether you're the right guy for the job or not. It's what you did for me every day. And youth can get away with it. Mm. You can't get away with this at the pro level. Not for a minute. I got to ask this before I go to my final two questions I ask every guest. But one of the things that I'm really frustrated by is just this obsession with kind of what I call the highlight culture. You know, it's and especially with young people, they'll see these spectacular goals, you know, show up on Twitter or Instagram but they won't sit down and watch the game, right? They're just watching the highlights. And I think it's a huge disservice to anybody that you should watch a game in context, right? So it's not just picking out the one play. I mean, frankly, one of my favorite teams, FC Barcelona, I mean, sadly, they've kind of just been reduced to the one or two highlights a game just because they're (laughs) not playing at that high level that they consistently have for a long time, right? When Xavi, Messi, and Iniesta were powering that team, I mean, you watched that whole game and you were captivated. And now, right now with the current team, it's just, you're, you're waiting for those moments, but it just wasn't that consistent excellence that sort of became their trademark. But I think it's a disservice to kids. As somebody who's dealing and looking at lots of highlight tapes and videos of kids, what are your thoughts on, on that initial statement that I made? 
Well, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, look, I would say a highlight tape is, is just the, it's like the movie trailer. If you're a movie producer, you're trying to get somebody to plunk down fifteen fifty now mm. to go in and spend three hours on your masterpiece, right? Mm. And if that trailer doesn't grab me, it's like, I am not interested. I do. Yeah. That movie looks horrible. Uh, and I don't go see it. But if that trailer, I was like, oh, dude, I can't, I can't remember what movie it was that came out the other night. I can't wait to see that one. I will at some point go see it. So same thing. We're trying to get a coach who's getting up to, you know, 50, 60,000, 100,000 emails easy a year. Wow. Uh, you're trying to get them to watch your video and then to watch a full match and then make a phone call. You're going to ask them to expend. I think from the first time I ever hear about a player or come across a player to the last day that they're actually on campus, about a hundred hours. It's a lot. Wow. You're getting them to an, and you haven't played a minute for them yet. How do you get a human being to invest a hundred hours out of you getting zero production? How many companies in the world would hire people, spend a hundred hours of them and get zero production during that hundred hours? Wow. So it's a unique industry in that aspect. And I think, don't think the pros are, well, the pros are no different. It takes years for a player to pay themselves off. It's an investment. And so I think you're asking coaches to invest in you. So how do you get them to watch a full match and to want to call you and to call your coaches and to ask for your transcripts and to get an evaluation and to have you on campus and begin to take you through that actual courtship process? The highlight film is what does it. And if you don't smack me in the face in the first 30 seconds with, holy crud, don't see that every day, then I'm almost finding reasons to hate you. I'm almost oh, finding wow. reasons like, I just want to get rid of this one because I got to get onto the next one because I have to win. If I don't win this year, I don't have a job. So at some point, winning does matter to a college coach, to a professional coach. And you've got tens of thousands of resumes on your desk. Do I call every reference on every single resume? And if I'm, I can't do that. It's no, not enough it's not, hours in the possible. day right. to cover all the film. So it's a lot of 30 seconds this, it's a lot of highlights this, it's a lot of, oh, that's different. Oh, that looks good. Oh, that's interesting. I'm gonna invest a little bit more time. So most of kids will get 30 seconds out of me. If that's good, they'll get 60. If that's good, they'll get two minutes. If that's good, I'll give them five. I keep doubling it until I get to about two, three hours. Once wow. I get to two or three hours, then I have to decide, have I wasted three hours of my time, which is fine. It's just part of the gig. Or do, do I fish or cut bait on this prospect? And if I do, then I get on a plane and I go to Vegas like I did this last week. And I go see them killed in person. I literally put in two hours with a goalkeeper. We put in three, four. We put in four hours into a goalkeeper that I still am not sure if I'm going to offer to represent. And this wow. is a family friend, by the way. I don't know yet. I don't know until I continue till I get that feeling where it's like, this is a can't lose client. This wow. is because I'm an agent at the end of the day. And I'm trying to find winners, right? I'm trying to find kids that college coaches are going to be excited about, hmm. not just ones where they go, yeah, I guess they can come in. There'll be another number 30 on my roster. That coach didn't need my help finding another 30 on his roster. That player already wasn't effective for it. That wow. coach needs, or her, that coach needs help finding a top 15 player. That's always like standard of when I come to the coach, mm. I want to be able to say, this could be a top 15 player for you. And this is as a freshman. This kid's going to see playing time. This kid's very interesting. This kid's got a future. That's what you want to be able to say. So that takes homework research. When an assistant coach brings a player to a head coach, they have to be able to say that same thing or they won't be an assistant coach there for very long. They are the ones doing the research. 
to bring it to the head coach. Not every system, a friend of mine, I can't say the school, but he's got young assistant coaches, division one school, top 20 in the country. He's got young assistants. So he is right now training them how to recruit, how to mm-hmm. see what he sees and how to recognize what he can recognize and how to say what he wants said. You have to learn that as an assistant coach. So I think all of those differences, I hope that helps your audience, Sean. Oh, it was, I think- it was so helpful. No, that's really, I think that's very insightful and it's brutally honest, to be honest with you, which I think is, again, refreshing. What's one message you have for youth sports parents today? relax and, and let your kids be kids. And that's where they're going to start. Don't want to see your kids miss their childhood. I don't want you to look back at 60 years old and go, and I should have, man, I wish I would have. And I think regret can hit really hard for parents. So I'd say, let your kids, let your kids drive the bus in air quotes, let them take you where they want to take you as far as what their interests are, and then become interested in that thing to reiterate what I said before. Oh, that's great coach. Appreciate it. And last thing, What's one message you have for kids who want to impress you someday and who have ambitions to take soccer beyond high school? That's actually an easier question for me. Love the game. Do what you want to do and love the game. And if you decide you love this game enough, here's what happens with things that you love. You become obsessed with them. So that I would hope in your heart that you want to get up at 5.30 on Saturday morning and watch your favorite team play on the television. Look, you guys have such an advantage today with the internet, with ESPN Plus, which is not really very expensive. Yes, it's more money, but it's not really. You can watch almost any college game in the country. It's insane. So you can see Division Two, Division One. You can see this conference versus that conference. You can see what the players look like. You can see what it looks like at the top. And I always say study the top. Look, don't worry about the last place team in the league. Study the top because you know that the last place team in that conference wants to be at the top. That's the team they want to be like. So study that. Study the game. Watch the game. Uh, And I'm not just talking about watching as a fan. Ooh, I like Indiana. My parents went to Indiana. I want to watch Indiana. I'm a big fan of Indiana sports. Not talking about that. I'm talking about why'd that striker move there? How'd they get out of that space? How'd that happen? How did that back get beat? How'd the goalkeeper get beat? Whatever position you're in. Take interest in the position that you're the most interested in and study it and see what the better players do. Do that for the Premier League. Do that for the World Cup. Do that for your favorite whatever MLS team or NWSL team you have. But study them. Pay attention to it and then mimic them. Find out what they do. Hopefully they're doing good things to mimic. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But if they, talk, they when they talk about nutrition and fitness and when they talk about sports psychology, when they talk about this book that they read or that, then go. Be curious, Ted Lasso, be curious about how they got there. And listen, I love these podcasts, by the way, like you're doing, because kids now can listen into people that have been there, done that, and they're telling them how to do it. They're they're right in front of them. Things that didn't exist 15 years ago are now commonplace for these kids. They have access to so much information. They have access to so many videos. They have access to anything really they want to know become obsessive about your whatever you're into. And in this case, if it's soccer, great. Want to, you should want to, at that point, learn as much as you can, not because you have to, but because you're curious. Well, Coach Don Williams, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to us staying in touch. All right. Hey, thanks, Sean, for having me on. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com, and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap. Whether you are a coach, administrator, or brand looking to reach the youth sports community, TeamSnap connects the world of youth sports. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen. Yeah.